Hello, and welcome to the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan, and I am an alcoholic. Um, Today is another solo episode of the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. Uh, I guess the general idea of what's been rolling around in my head kind of kind of touches base with the idea of the family afterwards, which is um, slightly more program-rific terminology than I'm comfortable with, but I think everyone can kind of get the idea whether or not you spent a bunch of time attending 12-step program meetings or not, but the idea of the family afterward is, you know, uh, as, as, as an addict, uh, as, a, as, a, as a drunk for myself, um, you know, I mean, my behavior (sighs) impacted everyone around me and especially my family, right? Your family is the people who are your closest, the the closest people to you. And so the people who you're going to hurt the most and the people who you're going to, you're going to direct the most of your ire and frustration and anger and idiocy directly towards those people because you love them the most. So you want to hurt them the most, right? For whatever fucking reason. And and then, you know, (sighs) It's not something I, I'm definitely not proud of. I, I presume nobody's particularly proud of it, you know, whether or not you're trying to be, be sober. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that short of complete sociopaths, anybody out there is very unhappy with the way they've hurt their loved ones, you know. <laughs> Fuck anybody, even not in recovery, I suppose, even without addiction, right? Nobody's happy when they hurt people, especially the people they love. And again, the people you love are the ones you can hurt the most because you know exactly how to fucking hit them. And um, I know when I look back on my own behavior and I look back on the way I lived my life for a very long time, I I, I was a fucking coward, right? Like I, I drank to escape the conditions of my life and the conditions of my life were my own fault. Right. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to admit that. And I mean, it wasn't even that simple, right? It wasn't that I didn't want to admit it is that I didn't even want to look at it. I didn't even want to recognize that I was unhappy and I, and I, and that I had like made choices that I'd regretted. And instead of like, doing anything about it. I kept just kind of pushing it off into the future and saying, well, I'll deal with this later. uh, This will get better in the future. You know, I'm not happy about A, A, B, and C, but it'll get better later. I'm sure it'll get better later and I'll just keep doing this. And, you know, and for for me, you know, keep doing this meant, (sighs) keep doing this meant having this false sense of intimacy with, a person who I did love and who loved me. And, and I don't know, there's this weird thing that happens if you're not as in love with the person who's in love with you, I suppose. in in that you, 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 I, I shouldn't be saying you, I, I felt responsible for maintaining a front that I felt responsible for, you know, the fact that my, my feelings had sunk and changed and, and hers had not. And, this is hard. I don't, this is hard. I I don't, I don't like admitting this. I don't like admitting this to myself. And I didn't like admitting this to myself for years. And it's part of why I drank. It's part of, it was part of why, it was part of why I, I sank into 
what I sank into because instead of facing what was going on in my life and facing myself and making a gut check and saying, Hey, 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 this is, this is not what you want to be doing. This is not the person you want to be. This is not the path that you want to be on. I just kept taking another step forward and going, well, but this is what you do. You go to school, you get married, you have children, you get a job, you sink further into that job. You get yourself in debt. You get a car, you get a house, you get student loans, like all of these things, like, it's like that David Byrne thing. Like one day I woke up and was like, I, I don't know who this person is, but this is not who I thought I was going to be. And that happened early, right? I was in my thirties, early thirties. And, and I didn't know what the fuck to do. And I, I, I wish that I had a different I don't even know what to say. I, I wish I was a different person, right? Like it's so fruitless to look back and be like, why didn't I do this? Why couldn't I have said this? Why couldn't I have taken a different path? Why couldn't I have just put my foot down and said, Hey, this isn't, I don't think this is what we should be doing. Right? Like I, I, I I'm, I'm talking too quickly through that. You know, it, I got together with someone and we were young, right? We were I was 21. I was just barely 21 and she was the love of my life and she was someone who I adored and who adored me and I felt like the most unbelievable, uh, like I felt so gifted to have this person want me and to be like so connected with this person in the way that I felt connected with her. And and as soon as like we actually embraced each other and took that on and became like more than just friends, took it and became like actual people in love, almost immediately it didn't feel the same for me. And I, and I didn't have the wherewithal to understand that that was probably something to pay attention to. And so I just went with it, right? And, and I feel like this is uncomfortable for me because I don't, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't want people who, I don't want, you know, members of her family to, to look at that and be like this piece of shit, you know, after all of this stuff that went happened now he's saying all this shit. Cause I, I, this is just real, right? Like I did love her. I loved her the best I could, but it wasn't enough and it wasn't right. And instead of recognizing that and doing the right thing and like walking through heartbreak and dealing with the pain of, you know, whatever, admitting I was wrong early on, I did the other thing, right? I got married. I had a life with this person and, and it would be wrong to say that I wasn't happy ever. It would be wrong to, you know, suggest that, but it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And I was a fucking coward, right? Like, I almost stopped this because I'm, I'm, I'm up in my head about this. I don't want, I don't want to hurt anybody, but this is the reality. Okay. I, it was, it was love and it was, it was what it needed to be. But it wasn't me, and when I say that, I mean the man that I am today would not have made the choices that the young man that I was then wound up making. And I imagine all of us look back at our younger selves and think, man, that was a stupid choice. I wouldn't make those choices. Obviously, you mature, you grow, you have experiences, things change. <laughs> and maybe it's just by grace some of us, like 
have the wherewithal or even in the moment it's just luck to make the proper choices so that our lives roll out in, in a more effective way or, or, or some of us are capable of listening to the advice of older people or people with experience and actually taking it to heart versus having hubris of saying you know well but I know I mean yeah yeah old timer maybe that's what happened to you but that's not going to happen to me Wh- whatever the situation so yeah I wound up married I wound up with kids I wound up with someone who I didn't know how to communicate. And that's the bottom line, right? Like, no matter what kind of messed up, jumbled sense I have of what the relationship was and what my life was like then, the bottom line was that I didn't know how to communicate with this person. And, and <laughs> I mean, that's, that's relationships 101, right? Like, if you cannot communicate effectively, you are going to have a bad relationship Full stop. There is no other way of getting around it. If you cannot find common, truly common grounds with somebody with whom you are intimate, with whom you have a close connection, because I can't even, if you aren't having that connection, you can't be intimate, right? Like if you cannot communicate, none of that stuff is there. And I I was a coward. I didn't understand that. I didn't, I, I didn't, I wasn't capable of admitting that very early on, I wasn't having the same connection with her as I thought I was, as I, as I had envisioned having, as, as I thought was going to be what I needed. And instead of addressing that, I just went, well, then I didn't understand what I needed because this is what I have. And this is, you know, this was the gold standard. This was the pop song, uh, of love this was you know I mean we were friends and we were roommates and then we became lovers and then we fell in love and it was all this thing and it was a beautiful romantic love story and I just somewhere along the line I realized yeah this this but this isn't it right like and I stuffed that feeling down I stuffed that thought down of like yeah if this is all it is I I can't I mean there's got to be more to it than this Right. And, and again, this is why I keep fumbling back to the idea that I was just a goddamn coward because anywhere along the lines for years, I could have just taken the pain hit. Right. I, I can, I can have a couple of moments in that time frame that I can think of that were like clear moments where, yeah, had I gone left instead of right, right here, you know, whatever, had I, had I put my foot down and said, you know what, fuck this, I'm gone. Yeah, it would have sucked and it would have been painful, but both of our lives would have, I don't know, I can't say they would have been better because who the fuck knows what would have happened to me, right? Like in a very real way, grabbing on to that person and, and, and holding on to that love and, and, and making it like a, a label rather than something that filled me like the love I have here. This is, this is it. Like I am now in love. We are now a thing. I am moving forward and I am a good man. Right. That was that, that, you know, maybe that saved me from spending all of my twenties completely fucking lips on the ground fucked up. You know, who knows? Because yeah, I I grabbed a hold of this person and I made a solid relationship out of it. And I did all of the things that you're supposed to do as a quote-unquote good man and, and, and as a good husband. And inside of me was this turmoil 
of discomfort and this growing awareness that was being further and further pushed down inside me so that I didn't have to address it. An awareness that I wasn't happy, that I wasn't doing what I needed to do for me to be whole. I was trying to fill that idea of having a full, like being whole, like a whole person with her and with the relationship and with what it had become and what it was growing into. And instead, I didn't even know it, right? I I can't even say instead of addressing it because I didn't even notice it was happening. I wasn't aware that's what I was doing. And I, I think that this is something that happens to a lot of us. I think, I think in general, the culture has a fucked up idea of what is love and we all kind of just go along with it and we you know we hear pop songs and we watch movies and it's this weird obsession right it's this weird codependence that we're like this codependent fucked up sick idea of boy girl relations that's love and when we feel it because all of us kind of get around to feeling it especially if we live in this goddamn culture we feel it because we're like oh that girl over there, I like her and she likes me. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do something weird and she's going to pay attention to me. And then that's the beginning of something beautiful, right? I, 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 I did the thing, right? Like I was a good man. I was a good man. I, I, I stopped partying all the time. I stopped, you know, whatever I stopped using I stopped using drugs. I stopped smoking cigarettes. Not that I ever gave a fuck about cigarettes, but you know, I just cleaned up. I was good. I was good, you know, and I, I, there was a period there where I, I was even capable of like drinking like a normal person. I would have a few beers now and then I, we would have parties and yeah, always, always, always drink was always, always, always a problem. It was always the only real thing we ever argued about. It was the only real thing that ever like caused a true, true problem between us. And that because of that, it was an easy thing to fixate on and be like, well, this drink, this is my big problem. So when I don't, if I'm good, if I, I could make it good, if I could, I could, I could make it the idea of not drinking is good, right? So if I'm a good man, I, I'll, I'll set this aside and I'll be good and I'll be good. I'll be a good husband. I'll be a good boyfriend, whatever, <laughs> you know, and progress through life. And, I'll, and, and yeah, we, we connected in other ways. We had other superficial things. I, I don't mean to put it superficially but you know in terms of like deep heart to heart like soulful connections like this this unbreakable bond kind of thing somewhere along the line that just kind of got skipped around and it became something we, we we didn't like worry about right because again the idea of love like that I really don't think is true it, it that's not love it's it's something else it's obsession it's 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 codependence it's compatibility it's camaraderie it's friendship and we just kind of twist it all together and call it a monogamous relationship and say yeah no this is this is my girlfriend this is my husband this is my boyfriend and we define it and then this becomes our world and everything outside is just chucked away right that's that's how it felt and again i I could feel inside like there was just, just something was missing and and i have to believe she felt the same way, but because of the way we are and the lack of our inability to just fucking actually talk to each other in a real way, right? We would have a handful of times where we would have real conversations. And again, usually it involved, you seem to have a problem with drinking, right? And so that became the focal point and we could, we could focus on that and, 
you know, there was something deeper, but I didn't want to look at it. I just wanted to fucking push that away, especially because that kind of shit would come up while I was fucking hung over, right? And the last thing I want to do is have a deep, earnest conversation about what is really wrong inside and why I'm so empty and why I feel so fucking raw and, and uncomfortable all of the fucking time. And, and why when I look at you, the, the woman who I think that I'm supposed to be in love with forever, and all I see is this kind of angry and hatred and vitriol, and it makes me want to just curl up and die, and I'll do anything I can to make you better. Please, dear God, stop looking at me like that. I'll do anything it takes. I'll do anything it takes, right? That's how it felt. That is, that was, that was my motivation not to drink back in the day, back in my twenties and my early thirties was like, just, I just don't want to see that look on her face anymore. And if I don't see that look on her face anymore and I see a smile on her eyes, then the world's going to be okay. And that's, that's how I lived my life. And I just stuffed down that little tiny thing inside of me that was like, this isn't okay. You're not okay. And I stuffed it away. And, and repressing anything like that, anything that's like this deep, true thing inside of me and inside of you, it's only going to cause it to erupt like a fucking volcano once it finally comes out, right? And I mean, and that's what happened for me, right? Like, I, 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 I had, you know, I had to come to Jesus moment with her. Right. Like my, my, my oldest daughter, my first kid was born and six months in, I was drunk off my ass, just holding the kid at like literally on a Tuesday night. Right. Like it was Tuesday evening and I was just like bouncing the kid to get her to go to sleep because that was what we did because my wife and I were neurotic as fuck and it bled over to our daughter and the kid could not fucking sleep. The kid would not chill the fuck out. Right. And, and in that time I I completely poo-pooed that idea, but looking back and seeing my friends with children now and the children that I've seen grow up over the years since then and like the reflection of the mellow parent into the mellow baby, man, there is something there. And my wife and I, we made that kid so fucking neurotic. That kid could not fucking sleep. And so I was bouncing her and I was walking around listening to Lauren Hill because that was what it was. That was what it was. We listened to Lauren Hill and we would rock the kid and try and get it to sleep. And to this day, I can't hear Lauren Hill without my heart just crushing. <laughs> but so I was doing that. I was walking and I was like, that thing, that thing, that thing. And just like rocking, rocking. And, and, and my wife stepped out of the shower because she had stepped into the shower after work just to do a quick rush off, brush off whatever before bed. And she comes out and she looks at me. And apparently I am fucking floppy lips fall over drunk. I don't even recognize it. And she's like, what the fuck is this? And, and, and I had that like sunken gut feeling of like, oh shit. Uh, you know, the, 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 the shit just hit the fan because I had spent, you know, my daughter was six months old at that point, And I had spent literally the last 18 months, like since my wife had gotten pregnant and, 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 you know, we started doing the thing of, you know, pregnant, you know, pregnant women, like the, 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 the world gets like fucked up. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, hormonal and just physical thing they go through. And so like, you know, all attention was on her and it was, you know, if that's what you do with your, with your pregnant wife and, and, you know, and you just baby and, and, you know, make sure that they're okay and get, get, get to the best of their, my ability and just make sure she was as comfortable as possible and at the same time, I was just going to spend the rest of my evenings and, and free time just kind of sneaking off and getting as fucking drunk as possible. And I was getting drunk as fuck every day, every fucking day leading up to the pregnancy. I'm sorry, leading up to the birth. And then after the birth, 
you know, every day, every day I would just, I would celebrate with, I would, it's how it felt. I would celebrate every day with a couple beers and a couple shots. And that particular night I recall, or at least leading up to that particular night, I had, I had stopped at the grocery store where you could get liquor. We lived in Tucson. You could get liquor at the grocery store. It's the greatest fucking thing in my life. I couldn't believe it. And I grabbed up an extra bottle of gin because fuck it. I knew I was just going to be home for that night. And then the rest of the next day. And I, uh, I drank like half a bottle of gin, right? Because that's just what I did. You know, it wasn't special. It wasn't anything weird. It didn't feel weird. And I didn't feel like I was particularly drunk. So when she like turned to me and like, for whatever reason, finally looked at me, like that's what, that's what felt weird was like, I didn't feel like I was any different than I had been like for days and weeks on end. But suddenly, for whatever reason, she was capable of seeing me in that moment. And I was like, you are so fucking drunk. What the fuck is going on? And, and yeah, so I fucking panicked. And she, you know, she's like, and she's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I, was, I just went in the shower and 10 minutes later, you're this drunk. And I was like, oh, yeah, I drank a beer. And she's like, show me this beer. And I like point at like some empty can. And she's like, that bullshit. You know, like she could just tell I was just fucking lying. Right. I was just in that, that scrambled drunken, like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You know, trying to pull on the strings and make sure everything doesn't fall apart because, you know, like the fucking, the rug has been yanked out. Right. And I, I, I hit the ground after that. Right. I hit the ground. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not this man. I'm not going to be, you know, cause she, she was just like, look, this isn't going to be okay. Right. The next day when I sobered up, she's like, you have to choice, you have a choice to make, right? It's either you stop drinking or you're, you're, we're gone, right? You're not going to see your kid. You're not going to see me. You're done. And, and I'm not that man, right? I'm not that man. I'm not a fucking piece of shit. I'm not going to fucking, I'm not going to let this shit take away my fucking life right so no I, I'm like no okay I'm gonna quit drinking today right and then I'm, I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna go to counseling right and I found a counselor I was in college or in graduate school and so they provided like some sort of counseling services or whatever so I like got myself into those man because like you know I was trying to get that done quickly man mark these off the box right like okay no more drinking okay check okay uh going to counseling to see what's wrong okay check you know and I went to a counselor I don't know, four or five, six times, maybe. I, I don't know. I was, I wasn't doing it right. Like I, I would have claimed I was doing it, but I wasn't doing it. You know I mean? We would talk about shit and I was very peripheral and, and shallow and surface. And the only thing I remember honestly was some session and the counselor was like, um, I don't, she said something to the effect of like, I don't, I don't really believe that you're not going to drink. And I was like, Oh no. And I was like, no, I'm, I am not drinking. Like I was like this weird, like I would have been being aloof about whatever. And like suddenly her saying, that, I was like, no, 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 no. Like this is for real. And she's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> My memory of it is her being like uh, very adamant. Like, Oh, oh, okay. I didn't appreciate how real it was, but I'm sure she was just being sarcastic. Of like, Oh, okay. Well, okay. Dylan's not going to drink anymore. And she wrote it down. Like, And yeah, so I didn't, I, I didn't drink for like three years. And then someday, three something years later, you know, my life hadn't, my life hadn't gotten any better. All I did was stop drinking, you know, and I, and, and <laughs> I had stopped drinking. Not only had I just stopped drinking, I hadn't stopped drinking because I was concerned about me. I had stopped drinking because I was concerned about the way I was being interpreted like the the behavior like I said when she's like I'm gonna leave you and you're not gonna see your kid 
the reason that I understood I needed to stop drinking was I am not a piece of shit like that. I am not going to have the world look at me and go, oh, this fucking guy couldn't fucking get his shit together, so his wife and kids left him. Kid left him. It wasn't, oh, shit, I am really broken and there's something wrong with me and there's something wrong inside and I don't know why I'm trying to fill it with alcohol and I don't know why I'm trying to hide from everything in my life. So I'm going to stop drinking. It was, I don't want people to think I'm a piece of shit, so I'm going to stop drinking, right? And that's, I don't even know why I feel like that needs to be clarified as one is very distinct from the other, but it is. And so I proceeded for like three and a half something years of like, I don't drink, right? And it sort of defined me. It it, it sort of defined me in that, you know, I was a fucking regular drinker. And so people are like, oh, you don't drink anymore. Oh, okay. And, you know, and, and in my side, I was like, uh, yeah, no, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm good for now. You know, if somebody offered to drink, nah, I'm, I'm all right tonight. No, not right, not right now I'm driving. You know, anything that was just like, set it aside, don't actually acknowledge that there's a reason I might, might not be drinking other than just right now. It, no big deal. Like, yeah, it's okay. And I stove myself further into good guy, right? Like I'm going to be a good husband. I'm going to be the right man. So I'm going to, I'm going to do the right things here and make sure that make sure that she's okay. Right. Not, not, Again, this had nothing to do with me. All I cared about was making sure that this world that I had put myself in and was participating in perfectly consciously and and actively without any heart, right? Like I I couldn't identify that. I didn't actually have the heart, but it was the right thing. So I I put myself, I dove myself into it, man. I, I, I I got a good job. I I finished graduate school, sort of. I took on an insane amount of student debt that I didn't need. That was exclusively so that I could look good on paper, right? Like I, I have a degree. I don't need the fucking degree for the job I've got, but it was this thing of like, well, I've put myself here. I'm going to go through with it. So I'm just going to keep taking loans until I get there. And all of it is the source of major resentments inside of me because it didn't feel like me. It didn't feel like I was doing it for me. And so I start pushing that shit off on her, right? Because I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for her. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for the family. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for anyone else. And what do I want? I don't know what I want, but it's not this, but I'm not fucking capable of of looking at that. So I'm just going to keep like moving forward and pretending everything's okay. And, And I think plenty of people out there do this where, yeah, she and I aren't having the most perfect relationship at this point. You know, there's, there's bumps and things in the road, you know, a few years into a marriage, you got a kid, just, you have another kid because the first kid is, you know, you got to have a sibling for him and, 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 you know, and by coincidence, having a second kid distracts both of you from any of the other problems in your life that may or may not be bigger than you want to, to, uh, admit to each other. But, you know, see, so you got something to focus on. You got this other thing to focus on. You got to keep these lives to keep these, these people to keep alive. You got the little, little life you're going to build around them and all the cutesy shit, especially like middle-class white people want to do in, in, in this part of the world. Like we make like special rooms and special toys and, and special books, and special costumes and everything and blah, 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 blah. Let's fill the fucking void with something so that I don't have to think about it. And I'm, like I said, you, 
push that shit down long enough, it's going to burble up. It's going to come up. You can't put your thumb on something and hold it down and expect it to actually work, you know, and that's, you know, that's, that's the way I look at it, right? Like I was holding my drinking down with my thumb with this concerted idea of willpower I got the will, man. I am a good man. I'm a good father. I'm a good provider. I'm, I'm, I'm a good engineer. I got a good job. I can do all this shit, man. I got this shit under control because that's just what you do as a good man. That's, that's, that's so fucked up. And anybody who just heard what I said there and feels that inside them as like some source of pride, you're fucking wrong. And you need to look at yourself. Because that is fucked up. You can't. Your willpower can't control your life. It doesn't matter how perfect it feels to you. And how much you disagree with that. In some fucking prideful sense of no fuck this guy in my ears on my ear holes. I don't care how much you think I'm wrong. You're wrong. And one night. I just, I just had enough. Like I, I, my wife was annoying me. She had been like harping on me about something that was probably legitimate, but I was annoyed and you know, I wasn't, I wasn't fucking dealing with my life. So there was always this burbling anger just under the surface that it kind of set aside and pretended wasn't there and would like take out on exercise or take out on, I I don't even know what, I mean, I, I can't even like remember what the fuck was going on in my life at that point, other than like not dealing with anything. And one night I just fucking had, (laughs) I was going to say I had a drink of wine, but no, I had a bottle of wine, right? Like I was alone in the house. I had a box of wine that I had brought home with me to give as a gag gift to my coworkers. And I just was like, fuck it. I'm the only one who knows how many bottles are in this box. So I just drank one. And if I didn't feel like a coward before then, from that point forward, it became impossible not to feel this sense of cowardice just growing inside me. Like the, the, the burbling sense of like, something is not right. Something is not okay. I'm holding this down. Like my willpower is keeping this thing subdued was replaced by, I'm going to hold down this sense of fucking cowardice because that was the only thing that was the only thing that penetrated this surface level uh, uh, connection that I had with my wife, right? Like we were, I don't know, we were like a stereotypical, like middle-class white family, like over, you know, upside down in debt and, but still trying to maintain a lifestyle and still trying to maintain happiness and, and checking in with each other now and then and like having sex every other Saturday, that kind of thing, you know, and we have a sex date. Oh, it's okay. Well, okay. We'll do this tonight. Well, I don't know if I feel it. Okay. Well, we'll just look at it next one. Okay. Well, that bullshit. And the only thing that like really penetrated through that was Dylan's drinking. And here I went and started drinking again. Right. And so, so I hit it, right? That was my only solution because I couldn't, I couldn't not do it, right? Like as soon as I took that drink, I drank the whole bottle and it was like the return of an old dear friend that just 
filled my entire existence. Like I just felt powerful again and I felt calm and I felt a sense of relief and I hadn't felt it for years at that point. And, you know, and even as like a few seconds pass and I realize, oh shit, no, this isn't okay. That was easily set aside by, but fuck. Oh my God, I missed you. Right. And, and, you know, and then, <clears throat> and then I just started drinking. Right? I started drinking, you know, a couple times a week on the sly, and then you know, a couple times a week went to like every night, and every night became like getting almost fucking drunk every night. Like you know, it was it was you know getting getting pretty tipsy on the weekends. Always always making sure that she had a few glasses of wine herself, or went out with her friends so that she was anything that would make sure that she wasn't paying any close attention to me so I could get away with having a couple of glasses of wine or, you know, let's be real, pulls off of the bottle. It just escalated. And I was a fucking coward, right? I was terrified of it. And and there's this thing that happens where, like, as I become more afraid and I become more, lean more into just this, like, cowardly approach of like well I'm just gonna set this over here and pretend it's not happening but at the same time it's gonna fill my thoughts obsessively all the time but I'm gonna pretend it's not going on and and if anybody brings up drinking of course no I don't drink I don't drink I'm just gonna get some some NA beers so that you know I can I can have some NA beers in the house and, and I can pour them in a glass because it's NA beer and like you know so I can join in the barbecue with everybody and yeah you know, no one can tell that I've replaced the NA beer with Miller High Life because Miller High Life looks like fucking piss and I love it and I can do that with any number of beers. And I can also, uh, you know, I can buy two or three extra bottles of wine so that there's always the same bottle. And it appears to be the same bottle up there with the same level of alcohol in it. But, you know, and it's just weird that the recycling, which I take care of anyway, so no one else is really going to notice how it's tripled in size. And it's becoming harder and harder to ignore that this is becoming the center focus of my life. And I'm not paying attention to my family. I'm not paying attention to my kids the way that I would. The way that the good man that I was like pretending myself to be. And that in this fucked up sense of what is love and what is like monogamous purity and, and, and just codependent nonsense. Uh, I'm not even doing that, right? Like even that. Even that surface level sham of true love and true connection, I can't even put myself to there, right? Like I'm so far removed that pretending that is an accomplishment, like pretending, getting myself to a level where I can pretend to be surface level connected to the people in my life that I love the most, that's, that's an effort, right? And I'm terrified I, I, at night when I'm trying to lay it down to go to bed, I'm just like, oh my God, what the fuck are you doing? Your fucking life is spiraling out of control and you can't even admit it because nobody can know what the fuck is happening. That's why I say I was a coward, right? Like any moment in there, any time in there, I could have just turned to her and said, fuck, I'm out of control. Here's what's happened. I don't know what the fuck to do. 
because I didn't trust that there was love there. I didn't trust that that would actually work. I didn't trust that she would look at me and be like, oh my God, because I was so surface. I was so surface. I was so barely surface. It didn't occur to me that she was actually in love with me, that she actually felt deep things, that she wanted this world Right. That like it would be more than her just being like, well, I don't want to lose this house. I don't want to lose this this life. It would be like, I don't want to lose you. That didn't fucking occur to me. Because I'm a fucking coward. Right. Like and I just I just skipped through it. I just I just played along like the world was OK. I played along like my life was OK. And it just got harder and harder. And like within the span of like three years, four years from when I had that drink, we had another kid and, and I had more debt and we had, you know, whatever. Our life was like on for the world, like this, you know, beautiful family with three kids and a nice house. And we all were, were, were beautiful people and the kids are healthy and smart and fun. And, and, and I, you know, I recall thinking after my, my youngest was born and I was home with with the family for like two weeks and when the two weeks were up and I had to go back to work and all this stuff I, I was driving in I remember thinking that was that was the first time in three years that I had been sober for more than a week and then that was it. I was never sober from that moment forward, right? Like, I mean, there wasn't a day that I wasn't drinking, and soon there wasn't a period of the day that I wasn't intoxicated. And I mean, that, I mean, I'm a fucking drunk. And I'm still hiding it, right? I'm still thinking I'm hiding it. And, and, and at some point, at some point I look back and she had to know, right? But she would she would insist that she didn't know. I mean, there was a couple of nights where I was just fucking clearly fucking hammered and, and we'd introduced weed, right? Because I was clearly like uptight and my life wasn't okay. And even even as much as I thought I was able to, to masquerade as though it was okay, she, you know, it, it still came out. And she's like, well, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe you, you haven't, you've been sober for, you know, a number of years now. And I, you know, and I just kind of nodded her like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been sober. You know, and I'm fucking drunk off my ass as we're having the conversation. And, you know, and she suggests, well, you know, maybe, maybe it would help if you smoked a little pot. I'm like, oh yeah, maybe that would, because in my head, I'm like, yeah, if I get, pretend to get high and then I act weird because I'm actually drunk, I can blame it on being high. And I fucking did that. I did that a couple of times. And one time she was just like, what the fuck are you doing? You're slurring your words. And I'm like, I, I, I just, I, I got really, I got high. That's what it is. I got high. I was mowing a lot and I got high. I was mowing a lot. <laughs> Oh my God. So I say all this because eventually, of course, it blows up in my face. Eventually, of course, it comes out that, yeah, um, yeah, I've been drinking for years, right? Like, uh, you know, the, the, the details of how that came out, like, I don't, I don't want to go into that right here because it involves stuff that has to do with her that, that frankly I used as an excuse to justify my behavior. Right. And I don't, it, the, the details of which 
people know, people who know me, people who knew us, they know what happened in that period. And I used her behavior as a rationale to justify me becoming angry at her. And I, I used, because even in that time, I pretended like I wasn't drinking. And so when she finally like had her own emotional strife and I don't want to call it a breakdown because that's not fair. I, I don't think she was having a breakdown. She, she fell in love with someone, right? Like she fell in love with somebody and it wasn't even hurtful. She fell in love with someone and she was terrified and she came to me often was like, I have feelings here. And I, me being drunk was like, uh, this feels like a really good way for her to go away and I can just be drunk all the time. So babe, I don't know what to say, but I guess you got to figure it out because I was gone. And then when I was able to like latch onto it and say, Oh no, now this hurts me. Right. Oh, you're in love with someone else. So now I'm in pain. And guess what? Because now I'm in pain. I'm going to start drinking. Right. I pretended that her behavior drove me back to the drink, right? That is such a fucking pussy move. Ah, I don't even want to say that, but that's, I just want to hit myself in the face. Right? Because, because at that point I'm a fucked up person, right? And, and yeah, we're both fucked up, right? Like I, I've been so emotionally vacant that the, the idea of an emotional connection there is like non-existent. Right. And we both are pretending like it is like we're, we're both pretending like we have this deep, deep connection. And I'm sure on her side, she's trying to keep up the artifice because she doesn't have any idea what's wrong. She just probably senses that something's wrong. And then she's just going to do the loving thing as far as she's aware of what she can do and what, what, what is the right thing to do and just be a loving partner and a loving wife and a spouse and all the things. And I'm just on the other side, pretending like I'm also involved in this, but at the same, what reality I'm fucking three steps removed watching from afar, drinking a bottle of vodka from the garage, right? Like (sighs) I'm a fucking coward. I would never, this was the state, right? And so when all the shit finally just rolled into the toilet bowl and I woke up fucking from a fucking seizure eventually trying to stop drinking and woke up in the fucking jailhouse from a DUI with my kids in the car and I finally like clonked myself in the head after that of just like you fucking got to change, right? Like my life fell apart and, and I... I <laughs> Maybe in a way it was kind of me to like get the fuck away from her at that point. By, by then, I wasn't even with her. By then, she had nothing to do with me. And, and, and I had proven myself unworthy of anything but vitriol from her, right? And that's all I got. And that's all I received. And that's all I deserved. And then, and then I got sober, right? And, and it's not like turning the page in a book or something like it was it was fucking hard and it was emotional and and spiritually changing right like I I I went I went to a rehab center and I went to another rehab center I mean I I went through more than I want to go into right now but I I I, eventually something changed inside of me and I and 
and that coward, like I rung that shit out because it was killing me. Right. And, and yeah, you don't just kick being a coward out of your existence, but you definitely look at it and realize, oh shit, anything I'm doing that's reinvigorating that cowardice has got to go. Right. And, and slowly that's recovery, slowly like pushing that out, slowly <sighs> facing the bullshit, facing the things that I'm terrified of, which it turns out is a lot of things. So many that I'd say everything, right? I'm terrified of everything. Fear runs my life. Didn't even realize it until I no longer was leaning into getting fucked up to hide from anything that made me uncomfortable. All of a sudden, everything's out there making me uncomfortable, and I just want to fucking dive back in, right? I mean, it would hit me in these waves, these waves of thirst, this wave of, like, all my senses overcome with the... I, thirst is the only description, but it was in my eyes and in my tongue and in my nose, like, vodka. Like, it just was this wave of vodka. Like, I just... Give me something to get the fuck out of here, please. And then, you know, I'd breathe through it and it would pass over me. And, and someday I finally got to look at her again. And, and, and you know, and over time she would look at me and, and there would be moments where it wasn't just pure hatred, right? And I would just, I would, I would it would make me... I'm uncomfortable with how much it would fill me to see her not look at me with hatred, right? Because even though it made me feel good, I also knew that 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 it's not enough. That I can't I can't just latch on to that old feeling of being with her and making my life okay through her eyes. That's not going to be enough. But you know, it's better than the fucking anger, and it's better than the hatred. But it's still not right. <sighs> And she, you know, she just, she lived her own life, right? She, she didn't trust me. And I had, I had spent years giving her reasons not to trust me, right? I was, I was false in my intimacy for... I don't know how long, right? Definitely through all the time when I was secretly drinking, but who knows how long before that. And that's devastating. And she didn't deserve it. And, and she had every right to be angry with me and to be resentful. And, and even though part of me was like, you need to work through your resentment. Like, I'm, I'm, and there's no way for someone who's the source of the, the primary source of that anger and vitriol to effectively say, well, but if you don't address this and you don't work through it, it's going to ruin your life. Cause she's like, fuck you. Right. Like there's no way to do that with heart in that moment because there's just no, there's no us left. Right. And, and I, and I had to just live with the idea that it was going to take time, right? Like I, I would, I would whine to my sponsor and be like, you know, she just fucking, she doesn't believe me. She won't trust me. She won't talk to me. Blah, blah, blah. And he'd be like, Hey, how long did you fucking drink? Right. And I'd be like, I, I don't know, like 150 years or something. And, and he would say, yeah, okay, well then you got to wait 150 years of not drinking before she even should even, before you can even have any hope of not seeing that fucking resentment and hatred in her eyes, bro. That's just it. And that's how I, 
That's how I would walk through it, right? And and I just had to let it go. Right? I had to let go of the idea that I could have any impact on improving her attitude towards me. All I could do was improve who I was as a person and, and not because of her, right? That was something that even, it took years of sobriety before I even registered that that's part of my problem, that I was still, despite having realized that all this shit was my own doing and I was fixing myself for myself, I still wanted to make her view of me change I wanted to, I wanted to fix her for me, right? Like it was some, it was just codependence, right? Like that term just culminates, covers it all. I just had to let go of that. I had to let go of her ever not seeing me with resentment in her eyes and just hope that someday after I was no longer a fucking coward after I was no longer afraid to face things that troubled me that, that that I was terrified of specifically her like not that when I was no longer afraid to like look her in the eye and just be a real person be the person that I actually am not the person that I thought she wanted me to be that if I could just have faith that by focusing on me and that that would be okay Right, like that, that resentment would eventually subside. But at the same time, I have no control over it, and I'll never ever have control over it. And maybe I could spend the rest of my life becoming a much better person and being the man that I want to be and getting my legs underneath me and becoming a solid human who is no longer ruled by my fucking cowardice and my fear. Maybe I could do all that and still. She would never see me and see me as anything but the fucking coward piece of shit who had fucked with her for years. And that would just be what it is. <sighs> so yeah, that's that's what I've been thinking of. Um, when the topic came up regarding people's resentment towards us and, and, and how do we deal with the way other people see us that's 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 the story that tro- roils through my head is all of that because ultimately that can be summarized as like I, I, I gotta let it go I gotta not be a coward and be ruled by my own fears and, and not let that cowardice take hold, right? Like, it's it's still there. There's still, anytime there's some kind of confrontation, some kind of thing that happens, especially emotional, especially with someone that I care about, who I'm potentially going to hurt, or whose feelings may be impacted by something I've done or said or planned to do, and, and it might be a little bit easier to kind of set it aside or soft-pedal it or manipulate the situation so that they won't be quite as hurt if I say it just this way, and then maybe a little later I'll reveal a little bit more, and then eventually they'll be, they'll be, they'll be, I guess, gaslit into being, like, accepting this without, like, hurt feelings or at least not such bad hurt feelings that they need to yell at me. I try to not let that shit take hold, right? And, and I try to not let that shit take hold because 
all of that behavior, that manipulative, manipulative behavior, that like gaslighting, that sidestepping, that soft pedaling, all of that shit, that builds resentments for them towards me. Right. And, and that's, that's fucking, that's the point of sobriety. It's the point of recovery is to, to live my life in a way that I'm not generating a bunch of resentments towards me. And, and hopefully I'm not generating resentments towards other people. Like I want to be a grounded, solid, balanced, spiritual person. Right. I want to be me. I want to be free. Right. Like I don't want that shit. And Sometimes that means that I got to face things that scare me and I got to walk through them. And every time I do that, every time, even if it's a little thing, even if it's just like <laughs> telling the guy that you gave me the wrong, say, yeah, this is not what I ordered. Oh, it's what you said you ordered. It's not what I ordered. You know, that kind of thing, like little tiny confrontations that, that may or may not be like something you can't deal with. Like every time I do a little bit of that, every time I like put my foot down and, and, but not in a, not in a fucking disrespectful way, but just in a way that's like, Hey, no, this is me. This is my understanding of this. And, and back and forth. Anytime I face that shit, I walk through the cowardice, walk through the fear. I get a little bit more grounded. I feel a little bit more in tune with who it is. I think that I can be and who I want to be. And, and that I, I feel more, graceful and I feel more connected and that feels right and lo and behold it generates fewer resentments towards me and I have more solid relationships with the people I care about and it always it's like a positive feedback you know it it works and it makes people trust me more and I, I suddenly feel more ethical and moral and I feel like people see me that way and then I see myself that way and that causes another positive feedback because then I actually behave that way and they see me that way. And I don't have to have that little fucking voice inside of me going, everything is not okay. Everything is not okay. Not like I did. And here's another little secret. That voice is still in there because it wasn't just all that behavior. It wasn't just my life at that time. That little voice has been in there forever. And I have a bad feeling that little voice is going to always be in there. And that's part of the fear that I'm talking about addressing. That's part of the, the, the coward inside me that wants to just like make me run away, make me hide, make me just go destroy everything, right? Like I could still, even as I'm recording this, I'm, I'm, I'm at the eavesdrop studios right now. There's bottles of, I don't know what the fuck, there's alcohol down the hall, like in the, in the break room, right? Like I could right now, there's nobody here. I could just go fucking drink six glasses of beer. <laughs> See, that's how fucking cool I am. They're not in glasses, but you, you get it. That little voice is there, right? And I don't think it's ever going away. And that's also the main reason why I have to be vigilant about staying balanced, staying conscious of just how much of that has any I don't know, volume in my, in my, my forefront, in my consciousness, right? Like it's always there and I don't want it to ever, I don't want it to ever be so front and center that I, I can't live my life in a way that feels balanced and, and graceful. And sure, yeah, of course I hurt people still. Of course I, I cause resentments. Of course I'm, I'm a human being in the world and I, and I do things, right? Like I just do my best not to be 
so <laughs> disruptive to other people that they need that they, you know, that they look at me with vitriol, right? Like I don't, I try not to look at others with vitriol and I try not to get them to look at me and whatever I need to do to help keep that from happening. You know, that all of that, I don't feel like a coward and I used to feel like a coward. <sighs> so I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, I think that's enough for me today. Um, <sighs> I, I hope that that made sense to somebody out there and, and please feel free to reach out to me. Um, you can find me on Facebook. You can, you can find me on the contact us link on the eavesdrop podcast network. And, um, you know, that fear and that cowardice, it's a real fucking thing. And if, if you're feeling that, please look at it don't don't think it's going to get better on its own and again if you want to talk to me i'll fucking talk to you about it as much as i can because you know life is fucking hard and it's long but it's also so fast and so short and you only get one time through so my heart really goes out to you if you're trying to live your best life and especially if you're trying it in recovery and it's just struggling i mean this is this is rough man and I love every one of you thank you so much for listening enjoy the rest of your day I'll wake up